0: I feel like we should've known this already where we even taught this at all?
1: Everybody and welcome to Will. This be on the test. I'm Maddie. I'm Austin, and we're here today to talk about some things we should have learned in school, but didn't learn, didn't learn fully, or didn't learn correctly.
0: And sometimes we talk about my birthday.
1: Yep, Austin is old,
0: very old.
1: <laughs> For the next few months, he is numerically a year older than me,
0: but maturity-wise, I'm still decades younger.
1: I don't know. We've kind of agreed that he's a 12-year-old girl and I'm a 12-year-old boy, so...
0: it's true. Do love the Jonas Brothers.
1: Out of all the things you actually do love, you went with the Jonas Brothers, which, to my knowledge, you can't name any of their songs.
0: Um, you don't know that makes you beautiful? No. Shit. Who's, is that One Direction? Yes. Okay, yeah, I don't know anything about the Jonas Brothers. All I know is that one of them married Sansa Stark. Yes. And they're all kind of short.
1: I don't... I think two of them are kind of short, but also Sansa Stark's really tall.
0: She is very tall.
1: No, uh, Austin loves Olivia Rodrigo, though. And we are very sad that all the scalpers got the tickets.
0: Taylor Swift, can you buy us some Olivia Rodrigo tickets, please? Yeah,
1: I mean, come on. You didn't buy us a roof. The least you can do is get us Olivia Rodrigo tickets. We don't even care what city it's in.
0: It's like that eye contact you made with me at the concert meant nothing to you. (laughs) I would never steal your scarf.
1: Yeah, that's because Austin can't pull off a scarf.
0: I don't I don't have the neck for it.
1: So, yeah, for Austin's birthday, we went to a restaurant where we were served appetizers by a robot cat that uh, startled me every time it came by. It was so cool. Like, and it kept talking, but it kept talking in my left ear, which doesn't hear as well as my right ear. So I had no idea what this robot cat was saying. I think it might have been threatening me.
0: <laughs> and I'm the old one somehow. <laughs>
1: Hey, I had an eardrum burst on a plane when I was a child.
0: We also um, ate too much spicy food and both got really sick.
1: Yes, we both proved we're in our mid-30s and we were going to go see West Side Story, but I fell asleep uh, because I am the problem.
0: And that that four o'clock movie was just too late for us.
1: So we're going to try to see West Side Story this week. Next week, you'll get to hear us go on and on about it, I'm sure.
0: I mean, we could go on about it tonight. Tonight.
1: That was impressive.
0: I know. Well, it's like, you know, I want to be in America. Why? That's all the songs I can remember from this song, except for the <laughs> Officer Crumkey one, and there's no way I can work that in a conversation.
1: <laughs> I think you, like, okay, I've written extensively about West Side Story, <laughs> but I think you might know the songs better than I do, other than my, like, lengthy critique of America, um, at least the OG version. I think they've altered it for the new, uh, the new release. Because, like, the original version was like, Puerto Rico, you ugly island, island of tropic diseases. <laughs> and it completely ignored the fact that even when this musical was written, Puerto Rico was part of America. Yeah. And Puerto Rico is as ethnically diverse as, like, everywhere else. Uh, but they actually, for the original Broadway show, segregated the cast into the Puerto Ricans and the white people uh had the Puerto Ricans in brown face. Um I think it'd actually be a very interesting psychological study years later because apparently it did like do a mind fuck on several of them and like it just really fucked them up because Ooh. of the actual segregation and then they would go through and like spread rumors among the two different groups to cause them to actually hate each other.
0: Okay, that's that is that does sound interesting.
1: Yeah. So, Austin's never read my uh my paper on this.
0: Nope. I've tried
1: no, you haven't.
0: I've tried. I've never shown this to you. I I tried reading it and she shocked me with a taser.
1: Where did I get a taser?
0: The taser store.
1: Is there a taser store?
0: Yeah, it's a taser source rex.
1: How about you just start because I'm a little embarrassed for you right now.
0: You I will never be ashamed of that one. That was good. OK, so I'm going to start this week. OK, Uh, so we learn almost nothing about Canada in the United States. We know that it's north of us. Wayne Gretzky's from there and there are moose
1: and I would not be here if it were not for Canada
0: yeah so yeah because Maddie's ancestors come from the frozen North mm-hmm. And so I thought I should probably learn more about her culture.
1: Yeah, my family actually has like an area named for them up there. I've been told it's my family anyway, but if it's a bad area it has nothing to do with me. Yes. I that. gather it's like a gated community situation now, which I'm like, hmm.
0: <laughs> uh. So, but because I can't be normal, I learned about something tragic.
1: Well, I mean, you are talking about my family history.
0: And it was also an explosion. Again. A really big explosion. Have
1: you ever watched me cook?
0: In Halifax.
1: I've never been to Halifax.
0: Uh, it's one of the biggest ex- man-made explosions in history. And also one of the deadliest man-made disasters ever.
1: I have a feeling some of our listeners who have infants and toddlers would beg to differ about that being the biggest man-made explosion in history.
0: Oh, trust me.
1: I don't and think he got my joke, parent listeners. It's a, it's
0: a poop joke. It's a poop. It's always a poop joke.
1: Remember, I'm the 12-year-old boy. He's the 12-year-old girl.
0: Yeah. So, And yes, when I found out about this, I kind of got a little bit excited into did a happy dance. Because I am a little bit ghoulish after doing a history podcast for two years. So I guess to get started, I'm going to provide a little bit ba- of background. Because Halifax is a port town in Nova Scotia, Canada. And it's the hometown to actor Elliot Page and the musician Sarah McLaughlin. She's the one who does the
1: ASPCA commercials, right?
0: Yes, she is. So
1: she's the it's devil. Like,
0: in the dreams of an angel. I don't remember her song, but it's along those lines.
1: I, honest to God, donated to the ASPCA in some kind of desperate attempt to make the commercial <laughs> stop.
0: I just hardened my heart to them like a stone.
1: Um, The problem is they have now sent me more in the mail over the past 10 years than I gave them to begin with. Like, more, like fucking return address levels. I've contacted them like, please stop. I donated this money to you. Stop sending me mailers. That's now been worth like five times as much because I was poor. I Man, I'm still poor, but I wasn't... Like, this was... I chose to do this instead of eating a meal poor. And the commercials didn't stop, and now I'm getting stuff in the mail.
0: That's how they get you. So, yeah, before uh, European colonization, Halifax was home to the McComic people. Uh, then, once uh, the English settled there, it became an important port for the British Navy and was the home port for privateers all throughout the Napoleonic Wars. So, basically, it was like legal-ish pirates that would go steal French stuff.
1: Now, uh, who's Napoleon again?
0: Uh, the short guy who wasn't actually short, who was king of France for a while.
1: He was king of France? Well,
0: emperor of France.
1: I don't even think I knew that. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> I literally learned nothing about Napoleon. What I know about Napoleon is that he was not that short, and he once lost a fight against bunnies.
0: So eventually, uh, England handed ownership of Halifax over to the Canadian government, and it continued to be a, an important port, especially during World War I, because it was one of the most important Canadian ports, uh, because it was easy to send and receive uh, supplies there, because they could ship stuff on the railroad to Halifax, load it up onto boats, the boats were protected from U-boats, and they could form convoys pretty easily in the area, and they, uh, on the way back, they built hospitals to handle all of the wounded being sent back on hospital ships. So it was like, you know, they were sending out explosions and bringing back horribly injured people. World War One. They were
1: sending out explosions and bringing back the results of explosions. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in
0: 1917, the population of Halifax and the Dartmouth area, which is just the other side of the port, kind of like, you know, San Francisco and Oakland. I'm saying words. Well, anyway, it was about 60 to 65,000 people. So pretty big, not huge, but it was pretty like- Pretty big for the them sizeable. especially. Yeah. But yeah, it was great because like, again, like Uber, U-boats were a big problem and this was a port that they could easily protect from U-boats. So it's like, great. But then uh, the explosion happened on December 6th, 1917. Uh, it began at 8.45 a.m. when two ships bumped into each other in the narrows. <laughs> what is so funny about two ships bumping it in the narrows?
1: No, It's just the idea that it started because they were, they like accidentally shoulder checked each other.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Those two ships: the French ship, the Mont Blanc, and the Norwegian ship, the SS IMO. <laughs> Spelled IMO. It wasn't like an emo kid.
1: Uh, you know, I was imagining an emo kid getting shoulder-checked <laughs> in the hallway and, by a
0: big French bully,
1: and then finally, just you know, starting to yell at them and like losing their cool. But now that I'm now that you say it that, now I'm picturing somebody running into an emo's pizza. So. <laughs>
0: So, initially, the blame was placed on the Mont Blanc, but further investigation after the the disaster, uh, they determined that both ships were at fault for this collision. But shortly after the collision, a fire started in the hold of the Mont Blanc. Uh, And with what their cargo was, that was a really big problem.
1: It's like, I'm not saying this isn't sad, just the idea that this massive explosion was caused by an accidental bump. (laughs)
0: The uh, Mont Blanc was carrying fuel, explosives, industrial and industrial chemicals used in the manufacturing of explosives. Uh, specifically, they had 200 tons of TNT, 2,300 tons of picric acid, which is an explosive, 10 tons of gun cotton, uh, nitrocellulose, which, you guessed it, is an explosive.
1: Yeah, I kind of assume anything that has the word nitro in it is probably explosive.
0: And a bunch of barrels just stacked up on the deck of benzol, which is a highly flammable solvent made out of coal tar. Now, the collision knocked over these barrels and it leaked down into like into the hold from the decks where it caught on fire. And the firefighting efforts proved fruitless after like mere minutes. They realized we cannot get this fire under control. And since the crew knew what the cargo was, they got the fuck out of there. I feel like I've seen a movie about this. They did make a movie about it.
1: What movie was it?
0: I didn't write it down.
1: Like, I feel like I've seen a movie. Like, there was one person down
0: below who was, like, get, like, getting everybody else out. Nope. Yeah, the uh, Mont Blanc then provi- collided with Pier 6, and the local fire, Halifax Fire Department arrived on the scene to try and contain this fire, because it also left the pier on fire.
1: Yeah, no shit, like... I'm sorry, where's the captain? He's not supposed to leave.
0: Oh, the captain left. He,
1: he's the reason they ran into a pier. Because he didn't leave. He, he left. Actually, yeah. I I think it's kind of silly that they're supposed to go down with the ship. Like, yeah, let them, like, have it be their job to make sure everybody else gets off. But then let them leave. Let them go.
0: Yeah. At this point, the fire was completely out of control. Mm-hmm. And at, at 9.04, roughly 19 minutes after it caught fire, the Mont Blanc exploded. Uh... The explosion was the largest man-made explosion until the first atomic bombs.
1: And it wasn't even an intentional one.
0: No. Uh, the explosion reached temperatures over 9,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, buildings within half a mile of this explosion were utterly destroyed.
1: I was going to ask, did they try to evacuate the area?
0: They had 19 minutes. Yeah, but they even couldn't. then it could be like, run. They absolutely couldn't. The explosion was heard hundreds of miles away. There was a piler of black smoke going up miles into the air. Uh, The anchor of the Mont Blanc, which weighed more than half a ton, was launched two miles from the explosion. The forward gun was found mostly melted three and a half miles in the opposite direction of the anchor. Uh, So you probably remember that uh, cargo ship that exploded in Beirut in 2020, which a lot of shit happened in 2020. I wouldn't be surprised (laughs) if you didn't remember this. But there was... I remember the ship that was blocking an entire
1: like canal.
0: That was 2021. This is 2020.
1: Time has no
0: meaning. So anyway, there was a ship in Beirut that was filled with fertilizer that was...
1: <gasps> oh, I do remember this. Okay. That
0: exploded. And like you probably remember the, the scenes of devastation from this. The uh, Halifax explosion was nearly twice that size. Uh, 2,000 people died immediately. And 9,000 were injured by the explosion falling debris, and collapsing buildings. All
1: right, so the crew members who were like, oh shit, get the fuck out, where did they go?
0: Did uh, they just I'm, jump in
1: the water? Did they jump on I'm, the other front? I'm friendship? getting to it, I'm getting okay. to it.
0: Okay. Trust me, I've done my research. <laughs> I understood the assignment.
1: Um, I just asked you what the movie was called and you didn't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 20,000 people were left homeless in this explosion. Uh, Only one of the firefighters survived.
1: Oh, Jesus.
0: Uh, he was literally blown out of his clothes by the force of the explosion and landed in the harbor.
1: Like, by survived, what exactly do we mean
0: here? Oh, he was up and walking around.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: He was further away than the others and just managed to luckily survive. Literally blew his clothes off.
1: All right, so guys, you heard it here first. Procrastination saves lives. Uh,
0: the scene was just absolute carnage. There's broken glass, fire... Parts of bodies hanging out of windows. People were collapsed or trapped in collapsed buildings for half a mile in every direction. And the force of the explosion was big enough that it caused a tsunami that flooded Dartmouth and Halifax. So it got worse. The wave was powerful enough, it actually drained the narrows briefly and washed the SS Emo completely ashore. They took a cargo ship Full of cargo completely out of the water up on the lake. It swept, and it also swept the area where the McComic people lived. Uh, it destroyed all of their buildings and killed between nine to 16 of them. Um, the official records didn't really keep good track of what happened to the indigenous people, which, you know. I am shocked.
1: Shocked, I, I say.
0: Oh, Canada. We were we weren't, we weren't better. I was we gonna were, say we, like, were worse. We, can't, we were worse.
1: We can't judge Canada. I mean, we can, but we can't judge Canada from a higher place.
0: But as bad as all of this was, it could have been worse. The train station that came into Halifax was right next to Pier Six, where the explosion occurred, and the telegraph uh, operators were evacuating because they knew it was on the ship, so they were getting out. But uh, one of the operators, Patrick Vincent Coleman remembered that a passenger train was due any minute, and he turned around and went back to send a telegraph from the telegraph station roughly 250 yards away from the ship to warn the incoming trains to stop. Uh, We don't know what the exact message was, but the accounts of it kind of boil down to, I'm probably about to die in an explosion. You should stop the train before you get here.
1: That reminds me of the guy, sometime this year where there was a a, a active shooter situation at his work and they were evacuating everybody and he refused to evacuate because there was a shift change happening and people coming in for the shift change wouldn't know so he sat there in the office calling people he knew were coming in to tell them that there was an active shooter and to call the police and get away and tell the others to get away and he ended up dying
0: yeah yeah um coleman died in the resulting explosion oh yeah uh, Coleman is credited with saving the lives of the 300 people on that train that would have been right at the pier when the mountain Blanc exploded. So
1: does he have like a street named after him or something at no. least? Come on, Halifax, a, get it together. Yeah.
0: Uh, rescue efforts started almost immediately. Like even America sent aid to Halifax. Just there was a cruiser and an armed merchant ship who heard the explosion. It actually was enough to rock their ships and like, like set basically like, you know, get everyone like out of bed and they all were like ran out and they turned towards halifax immediately to arrive and start giving aid uh soldiers civilians railroad workers grabbed whatever tools they could find and began digging people out of the wreckage even the passengers on that train that had been diverted the last minute uh hopped right out and got to work on the rescue with whatever impromptu tools they could have which by the way uh even though they were stopped it was still close enough that it damaged the train yeah like there was like it was a big explosion.
1: See, shit like this is why I haven't lost total faith in humanity yet. Um, because like we're recording this, I think two days after that uh, tornado in Kentucky, maybe three days, uh-huh. that took down that entire candle warehouse and all the people who like dug themselves out and started digging the rest of the people out. And although it bummed me out, people were like, "I can't believe the inmates who were working didn't run away. They stayed and helped dig people up." I'm like, "Yeah, because they're people. Just because they're mm-hmm. in jail doesn't mean they're."
0: No, a lot of this rescue effort was made easier because of the cargo being sent for the war effort included things like food and building materials, and the hospital ships were easily rerouted to Halifax to help with the rescue effort. So it was, it could have, again, it could have been worse, but there was some initial panic that a U-boat or a German plane had caused the damage, but that was quickly disproven.
1: Because the other ship had to come and be like, um...
0: Yeah, the, only one member of the Montblot crew died, and they were able to give a full report of what happened.
1: That the, the dead guy was? That's unfortunate.
0: Only one member of their crew died, so everyone else was able to <laughs> Just like,
1: grammatically, what you oh said was God. that one, the one guy died and he gave a report? Yeah,
0: there's uh, the crew of the Emo was in much worse shape after the explosion washed their ship aground. Uh, four of their crew members died, and their helmsman, who was injured in this was accused of being a German saboteur after they found a letter that was written in German on him. Uh, He was Norwegian. The letter was written in Norwegian, (laughs) which makes sense because it was a Norwegian ship
1: Mm -hmm. and they
0: were Norwegians. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so there was like a big panic that like kind of slowed things down because they were worried about the Germans in a U-boat, maybe. So they (laughs) panicked for a few, they panicked for a few hours, but then like everything was fine and it like all got pretty much streamlined right in time for a very large blizzard to come through the area. A blizzard large enough to shut down stuff in Canada. And again, it was December in Canada. Uh, The 16 inches of snow they got over the next day uh, stalled trains and knocked down the hastily repaired telegraph lines. Uh, Did they have pigeons? Pigeons could not fly in this weather. Uh, Pigeons can do anything. Thank you very much. And again, I'll point out, There's a blizzard with six inches of snow, and 20,000 people are suddenly homeless, and 9,000 people were injured. Uh, Roughly 300 people died from the extreme conditions and inadequate shelter. But the blizzard did help extinguish the fires, which was nice. Uh, The McComic though, uh, got completely screwed. The Canadian government had been trying to get them to give up their land for years and this was a great, great chance for them to disperse the Makama people. <laughs> they were uh, never able to return to their land, and it was taken from them, and they were not compensated. Shocking. They were also given inferior segregated shelter in the aftermath of the explosion.
1: Which, chances are, uh, they had better knowledge about how to survive the blizzard, so maybe we should have given them better options so they could help us and have, well, have, in- have incentive to help us, yeah. because... Honestly, we've never incentivized helping white people, nor should we at this point. You know know what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. But Halifax recovered pretty quickly from this, uh, which is great because without Sarah McLaughlin, animal rescue commercials would be way less emotionally devastating. Within a month, all but 5,000 people had permanent shelter and 832 new homes had been built in a month.
1: Oh, the things we could do if we gave a shit.
0: Yeah. The uh, Halifax historian Jay White uh, concluded that it remains unchallenged in overall magnitude as long as five criteria are considered together. The size of the explosion. Uh, number of casualties, force of the blast, radius of destruction, quantity of explosive material, and total val- property value destroyed. One of the largest explosive disasters in history.
1: I mean, at least it wasn't radioactive.
0: Yeah wasn't radioactive it was pretty toxic
1: yeah i mean anytime you have an explosion you're gonna have toxins of every sort be- yeah. between the toxins that inherently come with flammable materials and everything would blow up austin's also by the way wearing a marie curie and the isotopes Euro- european tour 1911
0: shirt right now uh, she put the rad and radium so yeah uh weirdly though the city of halifax didn't really memorialize this event at all.
1: Like at least the dude who was like I'm going to die right now but I'm going to save all y'all, like he he went full on trolley problem in the correct way, which was stop the goddamned train.
0: Yeah, they had a 1-year anniversary memorial and then didn't do anything about it until the 50th anniversary in 1967. It was just so traumatic for them. They didn't really want to remember anything about it. Uh, In 1964, a library, uh, which was constructed, had a small plaque at the entrance, which was a memorial to the people who died in the explosion. Uh, And in 1985, they actually built a permanent memorial, which included the bells from a church destroyed in the blast. And so, yeah.
1: Okay, we need to make a statue of Telegraph Dude, though.
0: There are, like, weirdly, though, there's no centralized ones, but, like, each neighborhood has their own little, like, memorial park or thing which is built around a piece of debris from the explosion.
1: That's kind of cool. Including
0: a park built around the anchor.
1: Okay, I thought for a second there I processed that as an ankle and I'm like that's a bit much, but also <laughs> yeah. I'm on board.
0: It's like just a, it's like come on, they, I'm surely they would have found okay, more than this Seriously, an How
1: haunted is this place?
0: I don't know, it's Canada.
1: I mean, there's no way that they found 100% of all of the bodies.
0: It's Canada. I'm assuming everybody is so polite that they don't mind the ghosts, and the ghosts have given up on doing mischiefs. It's like, you can't be that mischievous and mean to nice people. It's like, it takes the fun out of it.
1: Um, yeah, I'm Canadian. I'm gonna be the meanest ghost ever.
0: See, that's why the ghost is nice to me and leaves me alone and messes with you.
1: The ghost does not mess with me. The ghost is super chill. Now, whatever walked into our room the other day, that freaked me out a little bit, because that was not the ghost, but... Yeah, guys, um, we had another doppelganger issue the other day. Uh, Austin got up in the middle of the night, and I'm still awake. And he's been gone for a few minutes, and I see him walk back into the room. And he kind of looks at me, and then he walks around. And then I realized I never felt him get back in the bed. So I look over, and he's not there. And he is gone for, like, another solid five minutes. And he comes back in, and I'm like, I'll bring this up tomorrow. But yeah, it's been a while since we've had a doppelganger show up here. This Mm -hmm. one... I don't I don't think it actually saw me, saw me, but it definitely looked at where I was. I think just kind of clocking, you know, uh-huh. you know, that the bed was occupied on that side, probably thinking, do I need to go turn off the lights because she's asleep on the couch?
0: <laughs> so are you ready for some questions? Yes. All right. Will the Canadian government using the. Oh, exp-
1: wait, no, you never actually said what, like, where they went. Like, where did the crew people go? Did they just jump off the ship or did they go onto the other ship?
0: Uh, they jumped off the ship and got like, away. And they had like swam
1: like motherfuckers? No, they
0: dropped the little they dropped like the lifeboats and got away on those.
1: So they managed to get far enough away to have only one of them die. Yeah. And then the people on the other boat also got away.
0: Mostly. Again, it washed their boat ashore.
1: Yeah. Okay. What a shitty situation.
0: Yeah. So are you ready for questions? Mhm. All right. Will the Canadian government, using the explosion and devastation as an excuse to displace the ind- indigenous population, be on the test? No. Will Coleman running back to send a telegraph be on the test? Yes. Will the insane amount of time I had to spend covering converting metric to American measurements for this segment be on the test? <laughs> You're going to call that
1: this question's for Maddie because I cannot do it. No, And actually, believe it or not, I'm a big proponent of us changing to the metric system like the rest of the world. And I'll have to adjust. But by God, I can't do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's Listeners, I know that you can understand the metric system if I did it. But this is for Maddie, so you don't have to translate it on the fly. And will the police, not knowing the difference between German and Norwegian, be on the test? No. Yeah. So that was the Halifax explosion the first bit of canadian history i've ever learned uh
1: yeah i actually know an embarrassingly small amount of canadian history um probably more cuz my family from canada um <laughs> identified more as scottish so
0: well you know nova scotia nova scotia means new scotland
1: it does it does like i literally grew up with bagpipes playing at family events um and i love bagpipes to this day even though i know that they're filled with mold um, I went to college with a guy who would stand in the middle of all of the dorm buildings that were in a circle in his kilt, and he would just play the bagpipes. And I'm like, this is the best thing ever. I actually, He was a theater major like me, so I actually knew him too. <laughs> and he was a nice guy. Um, but you kind of have to be if you're the guy who walks oh, yeah. around campus playing bagpipes.
0: Please. It's like, bagpipers get zero respect.
1: He also did that thing with the telephone poles where you throw them.
0: Caber tossing?
1: I don't know what it's called. That's I just, what it's called. And then there's like the cheese wheel. Like, my people are weird. We're very busy yep. at <laughs> very important things. All right. So it was making me chuckle that you kept saying it could have been worse. It could have been worse because it to the people there, I bet none of them were actually thinking this could be worse. Like yeah. none of them are the dog in the room full of fire going, "It's fine. This is fine. This is fine. It Everything's yeah. fine."
0: It's, um, it's nice to give like some context to like big disasters about how you know things could have been way worse. Because there were some like happy coincidences that saved some masses.
1: Yes, yes, and the it's in, it's an interesting uh, balance to strike between making sure people know, you know, the heroes in the story, uh, like uh, Coleman, who saved ever who saved all those people, and it could have been worse since, since that; those additional three hundred people would die. But to Coleman's family, I don't. I think they would have much rather he got out. They never would actually say that, but, um. <laughs> It was making me kind of laugh a little bit in my head because today I'm talking about toxic positivity. Oh. Now, I have wanted to cover toxic positivity this whole time to the point where there's a chance I've already covered it and I've just forgotten and I just got filled with rage again, so I'm talking about it.
0: (laughs) This is the third time we've covered this for those keeping track at home.
1: Hey, I've got ADHD. You're supposed to keep track of things.
0: How am I supposed to keep track of things? I can barely keep track of my things.
1: (laughs) Uh, and this came down to an, one of those Facebook posts on a teaching page that was like, look at this neat thing we did in the girl's bathroom with all of these, like, you can do it and you're responsible for your own happiness bullshit quotes. And I was filled with an all-encompassing
0: rage. Wait, so like these quotes are saying like, you can do this in the bathroom? It's like, you can do this. You can totally snort cocaine off of this mirror. <laughs>
1: Uh, sorry, my brain just went to Austin Powers. Yeah, tell that turd who's boss. <laughs> Man, what did you eat? <laughs> Who does number two work for? That's right. <laughs> you know, I actually met one of the fembots and hung out with her for a few days. What? She took my dad bikini shopping, like for her, not for him. Uh, <laughs> I... He he was her judge on which bikini to buy. And yes, my mother knew he was off doing this. <laughs> She, he came home and she was like so how was it? He goes it was fun. She was extremely nice. I think she died. Like I, I remember looking her up recently <laughs> I think she died, but she was like the main fembot in the first movie. Huh. Uh she was also she worked on a race boat which is why I knew her. Anyway. Very well mind says toxic positivity is the belief that no matter how dire or difficult a situation is, people should maintain a positive mindset. It's a good vibes only approach to life. And while there are benefits to being an optimist and engaging in positive thinking, toxic positivity instead rejects difficult emotions in favor of a cheerful, often falsely positive facade. Or as Psych Central summarizes, it implies two main things. You should always feel good even when bad things happened. And feeling good is simply a choice you make.
0: Oh God, all of the like, fake it till you make it or you know if you start smiling you'll start acting happy
1: yeah and there is a certain level of evidence behind if you smile you do start to feel better because your brain gets tricked by your body but it's not gonna fix your problems like smile sitting there smiling is not gonna make your dog less dead (laughs) um so like i've been made uncomfortable by this since i was a child and back then i couldn't verbalize why i just knew it made me uncomfortable I would sit in my classroom because I would always finish the tests or the reading or whatever first because I was obviously a child genius and I just read really fast. Um, and so then I would kind of sit there because we weren't allowed to get out a book and read when we were done with stuff because these were teachers with power trips. And I would just read the posters on the walls and I would get increasingly anxious because of them. And they would make me so angry. They would say things like, you can do this, and success is all about your choices. like i'm I'm obviously paraphrasing because I don't rem- I've blocked them out to the best of my ability.
0: Um, yeah, when I finished tests early, I just kind of stared off into space and thought about velociraptors. Why didn't you just do that?
1: Because thinking about velociraptors was also against the rules. I don't know how they knew, but they knew
0: well, it, okay, I'm gonna tell you this every time you think about velociraptors. You do little claw hands. You start making velociraptor noises. Yeah, that
1: would have gotten me in trouble. Yep. Like, I once got in trouble for drawing a flower on the back of my test because I finished 15 minutes early and I wasn't allowed to get up to turn it in. I got in a lot of trouble.
0: How dare you? Teachers are
1: These teachers were bananas, man. i had been like, cool flower. Pretty happy to see this plus one extra credit point. And that's why I'm not allowed to be a teacher. now. <laughs> I did love just handing out random extra credit, though. Like, once I'll be like, "Mm, just gonna throw some extra points on here because I can see how hard you worked. (laughs) And I definitely adjusted grades once in a while, don't you?
0: Oh, no. Well, don't worry. Your secret's safe with me and all of our listeners. All
1: all one of you. Well, it was always like, I know this kid worked really hard and had some struggles. They've got a 69%. Nice. I'm just going to pretend that they did a little better on this one and give them that 70. Because I had teachers do that for me. Um, They have these toxic positivity posters. And then one of the biggest humiliations of my life. You know, I don't embarrass easily. It takes a lot to embarrass me.
0: I've been trying. I can't.
1: Um, It's actually been like a game people have played to try to embarrass Maddie. And it's, I'm not even kidding, Austin. Like people have tried and I don't. I guess I don't take myself seriously enough for it, even though I take a, I take everything really seriously, except for me. Um, I think I used it all up on this day because I was on th- at this massive, I think, choir event in 6th or 7th grade. And I'm talking easily 500 kids at this thing. It was the honor choirs or something from all of the schools. Probably probably 6th grade. And I just happened to be wearing a t-shirt that day that said, attitude is everything. Now, I kind of interpreted it as, you know... Um, Oh, I just blanked on his name. Uh, the guy from Breakfast Club with the fist. He's like got an attitude, you know?
0: That's Oh, no. Emilio Estevez? No.
1: Starts with a J. I'm blanking on it. I'm sure there are people that are one listeners out there screaming it at me right now. Um, but it's like, I was thinking of it like, you know, having an attitude. But out of these like 500 kids in this giant ass gym in the bleachers, they're trying to give us some kind of pep talk. I don't fucking remember. And I'm sitting there bored out of my mind. And I'm in the middle. I am in the middle. Like, not in the front row. I don't know how this part, this teacher noticed me. But she pointed at me and said, you. And I'm like, what did I do? I've been sitting here quietly. I mean, yes, I was thinking about velociraptors. You must know. Um <laughs> And she goes, look at her shirt. It says, attitude is everything. And that's what this is all about. If you have a positive attitude, this is all going to go so well. I was beyond humiliated. I never wore that shirt again. Because first of all, why would you point out a kid you don't know like that and a group of kids they don't know like that? Oh, my God. That's just asking to get made fun of. Yeah. And I was already really badly bullied. But also, it's like I didn't realize I was wearing something that was toxically positive because I had interpreted it differently. And I never wore it again. Because I I hated that I hated I used to actually look at those posters and think you don't know me poster you don't know me what like, if I don't feel that way
0: you know what I'm gonna I'm not gonna do that just to spite you poster
1: well we I was obligated to put these posters on my wall like these toxic positivity posters uh, the worst one was that Dr Seuss you know those who matter don't mind those who mind don't matter bullshit. What? Um, it's this quote, basically it's like, believe in yourself because those who mind don't matter. And those who matter don't mind. And I'm like, so Dr. Seuss is literally saying some people are more important than others. Got it. Um, somehow I don't, I can't explain it, but these toxically positive posters that were supposed to go to my wall always got damaged or lost.
0: I don't know how the fire started out. Your honor. Isn't that weird?
1: But my, my Shakespearean insults poster was untouched.
0: Well, you know, uh, please. You can't, uh, I think the Shakespearean insults were the rad burns that could destroy the other. That
1: must be it. So toxic positivity actually has a long and storied history, though. It hasn't always looked like it does now. German philosopher, Gottfried Wilhelm Leibniz. Uh, Leibniz. There's a B in an N. I don't know. I don't, I don't speak Norwegian. <laughs> Said the world is the best of all possible worlds. And anything bad in this world is because God isn't there. And God can only not be there if you don't show faith in God. Ergo, any problems you have are because you aren't showing enough faith in God. And you aren't praying enough and having these positive feelings towards God enough.
0: What puritanical bullshit is this? Kind of
1: like a cult I once stopped. Um, Well, then enter Voltaire who was like, that's some bullshit, Leivnitz. You said the name, I don't know. Um, Leibniz. Uh In nineteen 19- or 1759, he wrote his satire Candide, which sent the protagonists through a series of truly awful events that were largely out of their control. It was also about the fact that the leaders of the time were like, eh, they're just peasants. <laughs> but it was also largely in response to Leivnitz. Uh, I worked on the operetta based on Candide 17 years ago, and the main thing I remember is the hanging at the end, and I was really bothered by the face, but that's not really relevant here. I just want to say (laughs) that Candide is basically a clap back to somebody's toxic positivity. (laughs) Reed A. says, quote, one imagines the field day Voltaire would have had with 2020, but in his absence, woke memes created by anxiety-ridden teenagers may have to suffice. (laughs) modern toxic positivity comes from anti-bullying campaigns no but it might as well it's all oprah's fault
0: you know, okay i know i blame ronald reagan for a lot oprah's also responsible for a lot because of the secret oh fuck the secret
1: it's like there are parts of the secret that are fine If you like, I'm a list person.
0: It's a short book. That's the only thing that's fine about it.
1: It's like, I'm a list person. So if I'm like the kind of person who needs to set goals, I write them down. I don't see how that's different from making a vision board. If that works for you, that's awesome. Go for it. But otherwise, you got to remember, you got to put the work in. You can't just visualize and manifest things. I'm getting really annoyed by the whole manifesting things because I'm like, yeah, some of us work.
0: It's like, we tried so hard to manifest Taylor Swift into giving us a roof. Uh-huh. And you know what? And
1: we know that our listener came and tried to help with us and nope, nope, Taylor Swift nope. didn't buy us a roof. So now it's t- we're trying to get Taylor Swift to get us Olivia Rodrigo tickets.
0: I think maybe we've misplaced our faith in Taylor Swift. We um are pr- you saying
1: are are you being like Leibniz right now?
0: I'm saying we should place our faith in Lady Gaga and her bad Italian accents.
1: We haven't seen it yet. I want to see it. I do too. Uh, and it got worse during the pandemic. So toxic positivity was already pretty bad. And it was having starting to have um, splinter groups like body positivity, which is something I will talk about another time. But guys, if you are like... Into body positivity, I would highly recommend looking into body neutrality. That's all I'll say about that today because I could go on a side rant for an hour and a half. But during the pandemic, we were starting to feel all this pressure of like, oh, you've got all this free time now. I'm like, I'm sorry, when did I have this free time? I started working from home, which means I was working at my house. I still had a job. Like, I was lucky to have a job. But that goes back to the toxic positivity thing where, you know, I'm allowed to feel like shit about, you know, not having my normal life, even though I'm still lucky enough to have a job. I'm allowed to do that. Yeah. Um, but we were starting to feel this pressure. Learn to bake bread. Learn a new language. If you didn't get out of this without a new skill, then what did you do? Then you're just lazy. And I'm like,
0: hey, um, I had a goal over the pandemic and that was to finish painting a Warhammer army. I did not succeed. I still have like 10 guys left.
1: My goal over the pandemic was to not get COVID. I didn't leave my house for a year. I don't know. If the two are connected, but I'm going <laughs> to go with yes. And I'll tell you what, I did not manifest that using the secret. I made that happen by not leaving the house for a year and it sucked.
0: Oh, God. Rem- remember my sourdough starter?
1: Yeah, whatever happened to that?
0: Uh, I killed it the second I could buy sto- I could buy yeast again because I am tired of this pioneer bullshit. Mm-hmm. I am a modern man with my modern conveniences. Then Read
1: A suggests young people are often the primary targets of toxic positivity. It starts when we're young and in our classrooms with those posters around us telling us that we are responsible entirely for our attitudes. Even if we go home, don't get to eat dinner, get beaten, have the shit beaten out of us. We're still responsible for how we feel. Those posters make me so angry. <laughs> Nothing makes me angrier, though, than when they take the mirrors out of the girls' bathrooms. They never take them out of the boys' bathrooms. But
0: what if I need to replace a contact?
1: Yeah, what if I need to replace a contact? What if I think there's something stuck in my braces? Um, like, there are so many reasons to add, Like reason Mirrors are not there, so you can check if you're hot or not. They're functional.
0: And it's like, you know, um, everyone's got a cell phone with a camera on it. They don't need the mirror. Yeah, and they take them down and
1: they replace them with things like you are beautiful, which I'll talk about in a second, is also a huge problem. Affirmations can be bad, ladies and gentlemen. What? Um... So they say, quote, older generations tend to profile them, meaning younger people, as underachieving and oversensitive, advocating a pull yourself up by the bootstraps mindset. In doing so, elders often ignore economic or social
0: factors largely beyond <laughs> younger
1: people's control.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm only laughing because it's the only way I can keep from crying. They point out, too,
1: that before them... um. Oh, before today's young young people, because they're talking about Gen Z, Um, Gen X and millennials were the primary targets, arguing that that is part of why we had the economic crash of 2008. Toxic positivity led to the economic crash of 2008.
0: I'm going to say that that was uh, predatory banking practices. But why did those practices happen? Well, the American dream. Exactly. Oh, the American dream is... The American dream is toxic... Oh my God, the American dream is toxic positivity.
1: I actually have this written in here, that the American dream is toxic positivity. uh,
0: You are hearing Austin Live have a realization.
1: So as of 2008, Gen X was between 28 and 43, and millennials were 12 to 27. So obviously the 12-year-olds didn't have a whole lot to do with that, but I was a newly married 22-year-old, I think. And Austin was, I assume, single and sad somewhere. Yeah. Um,
0: Single, sad, eating a fruit (laughs) roll-up.
1: And we had two major pressures on us. You must own a home. If you don't own a home, you aren't a real adult. I'll tell you, home homeownership, way overrated.
0: Van ownership sounds amazing.
1: And you must dedicate your life to work. If you're burning out or tired, it's all because of your mindset. It's
0: like, don't worry. If we work hard now, you can enjoy your retirement. It's like- What I s- retirement? I see you. You're old and miserable and you can do nothing. It's like, so in short, we were falling susceptible to the pie in the sky
1: concept of the American dream. This is the exact way you're supposed to be. And it's the only way to be happy is you work- you buy a house, you have the 2.5 kids. I don't want to know what 0.5 means.
0: I'm going to say that is a, either a really intelligent Labrador or just the meanest Dalmatian.
1: <laughs> As Reed A. put it, though, where we are now. So because we were had this force on us our whole lives, both us and the Gen Xers, we were all handed this real shit economy. But we were also told... You know, your mindset is all that matters. If you work really hard and you focus and you're happy and you are positive about this, you should be able to achieve all of these things we've told you are important. So the banks were like, cool. There's a bug on the wall and it scared me. Um, <laughs> and so they started lending out like crazy because younger people were trying to achieve this unachievable level of happiness given the economy we were handed to begin with. Now... Let's fast forward about 13 years, I don't know how long it's been. Um as Reed yeah, A Yeah, 13 years. Wow. Reed A put it quote, "Aware that the workforce they've entered is a profoundly unbalanced and exploitative one, many millennials and zoomers reject the sunny rise and grind culture of decades past, incurring the disdain of their elders." So that is why toxic positivity has risen to new heights is because we and the generation after us have basically given them all the middle finger, saying, we are done living the lives that you have told us to live because we are already unhappy and we haven't even reached 40. So that's how where toxic positivity yeah. has gotten us.
0: It's I, I just want to watch the world bird Eat the rich.
1: So what all of this boils down to is a language problem, a Western and predominantly American language problem. Uh, Dr. Allison Nevis Davis, she just goes by Dr. Allison, um, basically says she she keeps calling it rah-rah language. Uh, Rah-rah language may make people feel a lot worse. The things like happiness is a choice makes them feel worse. This is actually the kind of doctor who on Instagram every week posts mantras and affirmations on Monday, Um, but hers are like actionable. And she says people have hijacked this whole concept of positive self-talk to make it shaming, isolating, and toxic. It's spoken with the intention of being helpful and kind and encouraging, but it's not. It minimizes and invalidates emotions, which are a part of human life. You have to struggle to be human. Those emotions are important to feel and express and have validated. While toxic positivity says there is no room for any of that, and those are off limits, and we are never to talk about or acknowledge them, just Push them deep down. They don't exist. Kind of like in Book of Mormon, turn it off like a, like a light switch. It's our cool little Mormon trick. <sighs> um, and then we have Mahmoud Kader. Sorry, I did not look up how to say your, la- your last name, sir. He has a TED Talk about how it's unhelpful when you're just venting about your day and people tell you, just be positive. Choose to be happy. Fix your problems. When he asked if the audience found these types of things helpful, the audience laughed. He says the language we use in our country is a big part of the problem. He attempted suicide twice and went home with a plan the third time. Like he knew this plan was going to work. He got off the subway. He walked in. His mother had found his suicide note and was asking like, what is this? And part of the note said, I don't want to be a burden on anyone That's why I don't like to talk to people. Now, he didn't go into that too much, but as he was giving a talk on toxic positivity. And what I'm reading into that myself is I don't want to be a burden on anyone. That's why I don't talk to people. Well, the toxic positivity comes from other people initially. And you're failing them by not being happy all the time. You're failing them by not being grateful all the time. You're a failure. So clearly you're a burden and you just want to let them, you want to let them have these perfect lives they're claiming to have. So toxic positivity, not great. No. Now, I also would like to point out that uh, Mahmoud Kadir was a motivational speaker.
0: Oh, he wasn't... it's like that. It's like that joke. This guy goes to the doctor and says, doctor. I'm depressed. I'm sad. I don't think I can go on. My life is horrible. It's a mess. I hate everything. It's just, whoa, whoa. clearly depressed. I think you need to take a break. You know, I hear, you know, there's there's this clown in town, you know, the amazing Fizbo. I think you just need to stop. Take a little break. Go see the amazing Fizbo. Watch this clown laugh. And the man just breaks down and cries and says, Doc, you don't understand. I am the amazing Fizbo. Yeah, and that's exactly what this is. He
1: was going and giving these speeches about being positive and how having a positive mindset is the way to survive. Meanwhile, he was developing a drug problem and crying himself to sleep every night. He said that during the worst of his suffering, when he actually did share it with anybody, he was just told to be positive. And remember that there were people in his home country who were starving and that anything less than being happy all the time meant that he was ungrateful and spoiled.
0: What? No one is happy all the time. Mr. Rogers wasn't even happy all the time. Oh, that man was deeply depressed. Yeah.
1: Um, quote, this is from him, quote, When I was called a terrorist by my peers in middle school, I chose to be positive. When my family was financially struggling, I chose to be positive. When I got fired from my first job, I chose to be positive. And when I was physically unable to move because of my mental illness, I tried my hardest to be positive and that is what all ended up leading towards his suicide attempts. And he was he said society sets an impossible standard for us, which is to be positive all the time and millions of people are actually suffering all the time and just doing it in silence. So language matters. It can validate or negate experiences. It can um and, and we also the way we do our language is we divide this into a binary. Uh, emotions are good or they are bad. And I mean yeah, it sucks to feel sad, but we classify
0: sad as a bad emotion. Well,
1: when you look at your dog and you say bad dog, you're not there's not a gray area. I mean,
0: don't don't say that. People might listen to our podcast out loud and I don't want people's dogs to think we're All calling them bad dogs. All dogs are good dogs. Okay, you're a good boy. You're a good boy. Yes you are. Yes you are. Why
1: are you okay. saying the dog's a boy?
0: Because I'm gendering it. Yes I
1: am. <laughs> but when we divide and that's another thing that our language does is we divide them into good and bad emotions, Good emotions are the only acceptable ones. Bad emotions are not acceptable, and we cannot share them. So, Dr. Allison, how to know if your positivity is toxic? Because there are people who are genuinely positive, and that is fine. These are not the people causing toxic positivity. Remember that girl we went to high school with? You will know exactly who I'm talking about, who was the most positive person. You played the viola just to annoy her. Oh, yeah. And it was genuine. Yeah. Like, if there was anybody, if you were having a bad day, you could go to her and be like, I'm having the worst day of my life. And she would drop everything and actually listen and, like, make you feel better because that is a genuinely positive person. But then there are toxic positive, toxically positive people. And it boils down to three things. One, your positivity is toxic if it's overly simple, if it can be put into a catchphrase, basically. Two, it doesn't leave any room for pain or difficult emotions. And three, it uses all or nothing words like everybody, nobody, and everything.
0: Only the Sith deal in absolutes,
1: and I would actually add the word "are" and "am" and "is." Hmm. You are this. I am this. It is this. Because those are absolutes, where it should be like you could be this. Like instead of saying "I am happy," it's like "I can be happy."
0: I'm happy right
1: now. Yeah, like there's a big difference between I am happy. You look inside the mirror, you're sobbing, I'm happy, I'm happy. But you look in the mirror and think, I can be happy. Eventually I'll get there. <laughs> look at the, That's look, different.
0: Look in the mirror. It's like, this is as good as it's going to get, isn't it?
1: Um. Okay, speaking of emo kids, when I was really little, I used to sit in front of the mirror when I cried and just watch myself cry. My mother can attest to this.
0: She would Were look you... at me like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Were you listening to My Chemical Romance while you did this?
1: Yes, they were highly popular in 1989. So some examples of toxic... Okay, so I guess cure then. Some examples of toxic positivity. Okay. One, this is how... Um, and this is kind of a messy list. Guys, I tried so hard to organize this, and every article came from different angles that overlapped. It was a whole thing. So this is... Some of these are like catchphrases. Some of them are, you know, how you know if the positivity is toxic. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. One. Feeling guilty for your emotions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anytime you feel guilty for having a bad emotion, that's because you've been entrenched with toxic positivity. Two, feigning gratitude. Now, I don't mean you get a gift that you don't like and you pretend to be like happy about it. That's not toxic positivity. That's just not being a dick. <laughs> But it's the whole, like, this is my gratitude journal, and I am forcing myself to
0: pretend to be happy about it. This is so wonderful. This is great. I'm writing you a handwritten thank you card with a sprig of fresh rosemary in it.
1: Yeah. Or the whole, like... Yeah, my house just burned down, but I'm really grateful for this. Like everybody got out, and now I can just start fresh. I'm really grateful for this horrible fire that oh. ruined my life, and my insurance company isn't paying for.
0: You realize you just this is just the opening to a horror movie. Fresh start, we've lost everything. We don't have any. It's like yeah, this is a horror movie. We yeah. can't move because we not, the insurance company screwed us. Horror movie. Uh,
1: comparing your level of happiness to that of others—that's toxic positivity. Um, now, that's when you look at somebody else, and like especially in social media, and you go, "They look so happy. My photos aren't quite as happy. I need to up the happiness ratio on my photos. I need to—I pre- need to show that I'm this happy because clearly, if they're this happy, when we know in reality, the people who like we know like, statistically people who gush about their significant others on social media are more likely to be having bad relationships, things like that. Don't believe social media. Now, it doesn't mean that every happy picture on social media is fake, obviously. Like, if you looked at our New York pictures, we were having the best goddamn
0: time. We were so happy because there was public transportation, and that's all it takes to make me happy.
1: Yeah, the first day before we saw Hades I was like, okay, Austin, what was your favorite part of today? And he goes, the subway. And I'm like, yes, I agree. Um, Four, dismissing difficult emotions. You start to feel it, and you're like, nope, not real, go away or when you do that to somebody else when they're like I'm not I'm not feeling great today. Oh, come on now, good vibes only.
0: Don't be such a Debbie downer. The phrase everything happens for a reason. That's bullshit. It's mean. It's like, cool. So what? There's nothing. There's no reason. Life is chaos and then we all die.
1: Um, I feel like everything happens as it's supposed to, which in my brain has a different meaning that I can't quite verbalize, but it doesn't have a positive connotation. It's just kind of a Life is going to happen. Life is going to keep going, whether I like it or not. And it's okay if I don't like it. Um, hiding your feelings.
0: Oh, that's just being Midwestern. That is that is literally everyone within a thousand miles of us.
1: Minimizing others' experiences using quotes or other inspirational bullshit.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, by the way, as, as you've been talking, I've been like checking off a lot of these.
1: Trying to give perspective to someone else. The whole, it could be worse or it could have been
0: worse. See, now I will defend my last segment because I was giving historical context to oh, something. I'm not saying- I you... was not like, you know, talking to uh, Maddie, survivor of the Halifax explosion. She is 140 years old and a vampire. But like, if
1: you had said to me after our car accident, it could be worse. Let me tell you about the Halifax explosion. <laughs> that would have been toxic positivity.
0: Okay. Uh, you do understand that next time you're sad about something, I'm going to cheer you up. By saying, hey, it could be worse. It could have been the Halifax explosion.
1: If you were going to say it could have been your car accident, I'd be walking out of here right now because (laughs) I have legit trauma from that.
0: Hey, but not as much trauma as the Mont Blanc. That ship was blown to pieces.
1: As was my car. (laughs) Poor Joanne. She deserved better.
0: She did. I always called her Carla. Uh,
1: Shaming or chastising other people for expressing negative feelings. The phrase, it is what it is. No, I actually like that phrase, but I don't look at it as a toxic positivity thing. It's like, it's just, you know, you deal with it. I'm like, it's something I can't change. That's what yeah. I mean by it. But other people actually do mean it in a, posit- a toxic, positive way. It's
0: like, yeah, there's like, some things are just things, man.
1: Yeah. And I also like to say it as it's what's its. Because it doesn't make sense. There is no actual reason we can't say that.
0: <laughs> it's what's its? I remember
1: being obsessed with the book title. I never actually read the book. Um... But I remember being obsessed with the title of this book, which was "Don't Let's Go to the Dogs Tonight," and I would just stare at this book title because I thought it was a beautiful title. Because it it is "Do not let us go to the dogs tonight," but with contractions, "Don't let's go to the dogs tonight." I, I want my brain is going to Cormac McCarthy, but I don't think that's
0: right. I don't. I, I can't remember it either. I, all I remember is when I think of when I think of you, there is one book title I think of every time. Uh huh. It's eats shoots and leaves.
1: I used to have that book. I don't have it anymore.
0: It's a good book. I've even read.
1: I I read it. Um, good vibes only.
0: I've okay. I have never heard that like non sarcastic.
1: Um, the guy I was talking about earlier, who was the motivational speaker and stuff, he actually would tell people he had, this was his good vibes only zone, and their bad vibes weren't allowed in it. Like if they're gonna come over and be part and be with him, they need to bring their good vibes only. And I see it a lot when people are trying to sell me essential oils. Hey, girly
0: pop. <laughs> yeah, it it never comes up when any of my, uh, the people I didn't like in high school are trying to sell me on crypto.
1: You know, I'll tell you what, though. People actually don't typically try to sell me stuff. I did message somebody out of the blue. I'm like, hey, you randomly popped into my thoughts the other day. And so I just wanted to read. I know this is weird. You don't have to respond. So I just sent them a message saying, I remembered this one time you did this thing. And I just wanted to say hello and make sure you're OK. And then I messaged again. I just realized I sounded like an MLM per- person. I don't care what essential oils you use, and I don't even know what half those supplements are. <laughs> um, then happiness is a choice. Cool.
0: And so uh so is violence. Guess which one I'm about to choose.
1: Yeah, it's like can you imagine saying that in other circumstances? Like somebody is at their spouse's funeral <laughs> and you walk up to them and they're all they're crying over their spouse's uh <laughs> casket. And you just look at them and you go, I've got something I think will help you. And they say You do? I can really use help right now. Like, I could use someone to talk to or someone who'll just listen. This is is what will help you. Never forget. Grief is a choice. Why is it okay to say happiness is a choice, but not something like that? You can't control how you feel. You can only control how you act. And that's even only like 90% of the time.
0: It's like, hey, girl boss, I understand your breakup's been totes awful, (laughs) but happiness is a choice.
1: I've got boss bitch written down here. <laughs> yes! Um, and then just think positively. Or just think positive, like they usually say.
0: Just think positive. Always look on the bright side of life.
1: I actually had that going through my head for this <laughs> just, entire thing. This Monty in, yeah. Python. Like, and then uh, always look on the bright side of death just before you draw your terminal <laughs> breath. I don't know if that's in uh, the movie or life, if that's just in the musical. Life
0: seems quite absurd. Because death's the final word.
1: Life is Life's a piece of shit when you look at it.
0: <laughs> just always face your burden with a bland?
1: I don't remember. It's been yeah. a bit. Um, so you can engage in toxic positivity for yourself or others. And memes do count as toxic positivity. Even if they're not aimed directly at somebody. If you're just posting these inspirational fucking quotes on your fucking Instagram, people are fucking looking at them. And... You can be, like, contributing to this toxic positivity spiral they're falling into. Don't be that guy. Oh,
0: okay. This is uh, neither the time nor the place. But there is uh, a bot that makes inspiral, insp- inspirational memes. I've seen that, Called yet. InspiroBot. Yeah. And they're deranged. And
1: Are they as deranged as Jack Handy was, though? Because Jack Handy was a genius.
0: Those are brilliant, but these are just, like, absurdist.
1: Um, families can be toxically positive. And they can also think they're inspiring you when they're not. Like, they they legitimately think they're trying to help by doing things like buying inspirational clothing.
0: Or telling you everything you do is wrong. You should do it this way.
1: I think that's toxic negativity there. Oh,
0: okay. That's, never mind.
1: Um. Or, like, basically, I, I've talked about this in the past. Like, overly praising your children is toxic positivity. Because if you never look at the things that are going wrong and they don't ever learn how to work through it. Um, now I'm not saying to shame your children either. I'm saying like, hey, you appear to be struggling with math. How about we sit down and work on math together, as opposed to, you suck at math or it's okay, sweetie, everything's gonna be fine. Just think really positive about your math. You so- appear to be struggling with maps. Map.
0: Maybe if you weren't such a dummy.
1: Did you just say you appear to be struggling with maps? Because that is me.
0: <laughs> you you do
1: like you're so any uh your friends can be toxically positive. You can be toxically positive for yourself. Uh, Anything that says changing your perspective can change this, or attitude is everything. Or my least favorite is this poster that got really popular in classrooms for a while, where they'd put a mirror on the bulletin board and it would say, like, have an arrow to it and be like, the person who was responsible for your happiness. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, I've worked with kids who came from abusive homes. But, I feel like they shouldn't be held fully responsible for their own happiness at this
0: moment. But okay, but it's a mirror, and if if you change your perspective, literally change your perspective, it could be reflecting someone completely different, and you can develop a bizarre attachment to a complete stranger. <laughs>
1: it's a brand new attachment disorder that Austin just invented.
0: Yep, uh, I'm writing
1: Reflective a- attachment disorder.
0: Uh, I'm writing the paper right now. It will be on a BuzzFeed article within an hour.
1: And a couple other examples of toxic positivity are hustle culture and the concept of boss bitch.
0: Ugh, hustle culture.
1: Mm-hmm. Hustle culture, it's kind of like the remnants, like, because we are starting to throw off the traditional nine to five, but we haven't figured out how to fix it yet because we also no. need money to pay for stuff. So we are doing a little too much of the hustle culture. We've
0: overcorrected in some ways. See, I th- that's why I think um, I've been doing a lot of research. I think we just need to form a commune of, uh, will this be on the test listeners? Uh, Maddie, and all three of I, us. Maddie and I will be in charge, and you'll have to swear loyalty to us. and we will do you need think that, all your financial assets.
1: Do you think that the uh, this paranormal life commune will join forces with us and we'll just eat a whole bunch of eggs? Uh, you
0: you have to understand because they're not listening to us, but we are going to overthrow them in us a and violent our,
1: us and our one listener
0: in a violent <laughs> coup fueled by hashtag botch, boss bitch okay so i'm gonna have to put on
1: twitter i'm gonna have to alert them just because it's the right thing to do no much much like coleman did before the explosion
0: <laughs> i guess i guess twitter is almost exactly the same as a telegraph that's not wrong <laughs> It, it's incredibly wrong. No,
1: it's actually not. It's got a character limit. You There's uh, no character limit on telegraphs. Uh, there is, because you had to pay by character. I actually started to do a whole episode on this and then I stopped. Remember? <laughs> that's right. All right. So let's talk about problems with toxic po- positivity. I thought that's
0: what we've been doing. Oh, no.
1: These are the actual problems that studies have identified so far. No! So far, you and I have just been bitching. Have you not realized this? Oh, No. <laughs> Licensed psychotherapist with the best name ever, Babita Spinelli.
0: Okay, that is a badass name.
1: Says, toxic positivity doesn't make room for being self-compassionate or empathic. It creates obstacles to process traumas or feelings and, feelings appropriately and effectively. So basically, you don't address your problems. And then we've got Cater, the guy I talked about earlier. He points out, and this is true, that depression is the leading cause of disability in the world. I could go into suicide statistics, too, because I've got those fucking memorized after all the work I've done with those. Ah. One quarter or so of people have mental illnesses, half of which start at about age 14. So imagine you're already going through puberty. You're already transitioning from being a child to being a teenager slash adult. And you realize something's not right. And so you actually do make that effort to try to talk to a grown-up. And that grown-up says, you're just going through a phase. Or it's not a real breakup. Or you don't know what struggling is. You're 14. Who, what's going to happen next time that they're having a problem? Are, are they going to trust any adult? Oh, no,
0: absolutely not.
1: No, it's like that was uh, one of the things I miss most about being a teacher. And one of the things that broke my heart most about being a teacher is being there for those kids and like i had a kid talk to me and it's like i'm really trying to work on astral projection and i'm like okay cool tell me about that to me nothing is weird like i'm i mean unless you've got unless you give me something to worry about go for it i'm here to listen and i miss that about being a teacher because i feel i hope i gave some of them at least permission to talk to grown-ups again yeah. because i promise a lot of us carry just th- some of us are assholes just like people your own age um but yeah what gets me is you don't know what real struggle is. Being a kid is so much harder than being an adult, guys. Like I swear to god it gets easier. It's like We'd, we just
0: have bills. That's
1: it. Yeah, we have bills, but we don't have like, you know, the we I mean, we have hormones cuz humans have hormones, but we don't have like the hormonal swings happening. We don't have parents telling us what to do most of the time. We kind of like honest to god, I had chocolate for lunch, for breakfast this morning. <laughs> like being a kid is hard and I recognize that, guys. It sucks. Sometimes maybe you're having a great time. That's awesome, too. If you're having a great time, keep it up. Whatever you're doing is working. Um, but yeah, it does get better. Like when you hit 30, man, things like really start to look up. And I know that seems like forever from now. But something about a 30 where you're just you just don't give a fuck anymore. When I hit 35, especially, I was like, I'm just done.
0: Yeah, it was right. It was right here in this very room. It's like I could see her turn 35. Something popped. And she's like, I don't care.
1: I turned 35 sitting in this closet? Yes. Um. He also brought up a study of over 70,000 people, in which one third of them judged themselves for having bad emotions. Your emotions aren't bad. It's what you choose to do with them.
0: That seems like toxic. It? Uh-huh.
1: Well, no, not what I said. I know. But like, it, that's what it comes down to, is your emotions aren't bad. Recognize your emotions. Be okay with them. And then decide what to do with them. Yeah. Because... Okay, guys, I know that we're supposed to be all for, you know, all of your emotions are always valid and you should always feel free to let them out. No, there are times where that is not appropriate Mm -hmm. and you will get your ass fired.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, But you do need to learn how to handle these emotions so you don't get your ass fired. But you're ready for the um, actual issues. list. Look at the list. Oh, good. There's a list. Um, And this is not in any particular order. It lowers your self-esteem, causes you to isolate yourself from others. It lowers your resilience. It results in poor mental health overall because the bad feelings build and have no place to go. Uh, This was pretty scary to read, actually. Um, It causes people to ignore harm like domestic violence because people underestimate how bad it is and stay in the relationships or they feel like they have no place to go. In fact, one of them talked about someone who actually was like, I they went to someone and said, my husband is beating me. And they said, well, at least you have a husband who provides for you.
0: But he's beating you. Yeah. That's, that's, that's worse.
1: Yeah. It's like, I would rather, and yeah, I'd rather not have money again than have to deal with that. Um, It adds to grief when someone dies by telling them their loved one wasn't worth loving or grieving. They are less likely to seek help. Uh, Ignoring bad emotions causes communication issues and interpersonal relationships, especially romantic ones. It creates uh The inability to feel positive emotions at all. You fake it till you break it, basically. Uh, Anxiety, depression, sleep disruptions, substance abuse, acute stress response, PTSD, increases the stigma against mental health, uh, become less able to react to negative situations or your body's warnings, burnout, feeling gaslit, feeling blamed for things out of your control, and, of course, suicide. Toxic positivity has been linked in studies and in anecdotes to all of these things. What? Yeah. So those inspirational memes, I'm not saying that you're killing people because you're not. Suicide is its own thing. Um, you are never responsible for somebody else attempting or completing suicide. You are never responsible for that. But it's a think before you posts situation with this.
0: But they just wanted you to live, laugh, love. Ugh.
1: <laughs> and here's one. Uh, I'm I'm waiting for Austin's rage on this one. Because that that wasn't bad enough. Toxic positivity might be why people weren't wearing masks or getting vaccinated.
0: Maybe so. Maybe in other places around here, it was uh, my essential oils will save me, or uh, it's a it's a pandemic. Joe Biden, my freedoms, guns, guns, guns. Well, the thing is,
1: when we ignore our bad emotions, especially anxiety, we feel we have no reason to be motivated to protect ourselves because anxiety is actually there to save us. And when we lose the ability to read the situation that could be negative and dangerous, we don't, we lose the ability to react to it. So it's theorized, there's never going to be a way to prove this, that part of the reason people refuse to take basic precautions against COVID is because of toxic positivity culture making them not recognize danger. Uh. Um, and I remember, what was one of the most common things people said when they were, people were talking about their, they had COVID or whatever? But did you die? Basically, it could be worse. Why are you complaining?
0: It's like, yeah, I just can't smell or taste things anymore. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, yeah, uh, I've got turnip brain damage. Or I can't focus on things for more than five butterflies. Yep.
1: Um, in three studies, positive self-statements, so like affirmations, were found to have the most impact on people with low self-esteem and not in a positive way. I don't know. It made them feel worse because they didn't believe them. And so they rejected them. And now they were actively rejecting the feelings they were supposed to feel. In self-comparison theory, which is what that is, if positive statements contradict how someone sees themselves, they reject it and instead hold even faster to the negative one. Um, and then I really liked the way that I think it was the guy phrased this. Emotions are data. Hmm. Emotions are facts. You have to acknowledge them. Your feelings and your reactions to things are the data you have built up over your life. How you react to them is where you can make the choice, but you have to acknowledge them and figure out how you're going to react. If you ignore the data, that's how you end up not wearing a mask. Now, how to deal with toxic positivity?
0: Uh, baseball bat.
1: Um, and some of this is for, actually, this is largely for
0: you. Um, not Weaponized you. sarcasm. I'm just going with my methods.
1: Uh, Stop ignoring or burying your own feelings. Listen to other people and don't shame them for their feelings, even if they contradict yours. Let yourself feel like shit once in a while. Like, not at yourself if you can avoid it, but just, like, acknowledge that today is a shitty day. Uh, Just act like, or just remember that you can care about two things at once. And you can also feel something positive and negative at the same time. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, to use the one I said earlier, your house burned down. You can genuinely look at that and go, okay, everyone got out. I feel good about that. And, you know, I always hated that house. So there's that. But at the same time, you go, but also this is really scary and I don't know what comes next. And I lost my photo albums. Like, you can feel all of this at once.
0: I'm so glad that you and the cats are fine. But my Pog collection... So many pogs. Well, I remember
1: your friend's house burned down and I asked you first, did his cat get out? Because I knew he got out. And yeah. secondly, did he get his guitar? Because I knew those were like the things that mattered to him most. But it doesn't, the fact that that stuff got out doesn't mean the other stuff didn't matter. Otherwise, yeah. he wouldn't have had it.
0: Oh, but he finally has his house back. Same house? I think so.
1: I've lived in two places that burned down. Um, the second one was super haunted. And when they, I saw they rebuilt it, I was looking at it going, you know why that place fucking burned down, right?
0: Uh, shoddy electrical work.
1: It was cursed. Um, be realistic about what you can do, what your goals are. Pay attention to messages that could be toxic and just fucking stop using them. Like before you, like before you post, think, is this true, helpful, actually inspiring, necessary, or, and kind. I hate the I being in there. I feel like it's wedged in. Is it true, helpful, necessary, and kind. If it's not all of those things, don't fucking post it. Um, avoid social media that does this stuff and don't share it set goals based on behaviors not feelings because you know we people set goals like i'm going to be happier in 2022 how do you measure that
0: Uh, uh, i'm going to i'm going to stop going to true crime fan groups and reading the comments shut up you
1: (laughs) how i get most of my inspiration for these although this one was actually not true crime um although i'll tell you they are super into toxic positivity I'm waiting for one day one of them hears this and they just go into a rage about how much of a bitch I am to them. But then it gets us all this free publicity. So if you want to go complain about us and true crime groups and say what assholes we are for not supporting their (laughs) super woke culture, feel free.
0: Uh, Excuse me. I was just talking about how unfairly we treated the indigenous populations. Only cancel her.
1: Uh, I talk more about that kind of stuff than you do. You do. Uh, when you're talking to somebody who's having a day, keep your attention on them. Listen to what they have to say and don't interrupt them t- with a fix. Let them finish talking. And if you have a fix, offer it. Be like, Do you want to hear my thoughts? And if you have no thoughts, just say it. Be like, I don't know what to say to you right now other than that sucks. What do you need from me? Um, And then this is just interesting. When you're told not to think about something, you're more likely to think about it
0: like that. Like that purple elephant. It's like I ta- that came up last week in my topic too. I haven't. I still can't think about. it. I only think about that elephant.
1: Like the more you think about something, the less the or the more you're told to not think about something, the more you're going to think about it. So dealing with toxic positivity does not mean ignore your feelings. It means feel your feelings. Because if you you know if you're really pissed off about work and you then come home and pretend everything's fine and you go to work the next day and pretend everything's fine it just builds and it builds and it builds and it builds until finally you end up punching one of your coworkers and you get fired
0: and when like you know say for instance somebody works from home and their only coworkers are cats It gets really bad because those cats can take you.
1: Um, And so the ways to handle it, it takes more time and energy. People use toxic positivity to avoid making that time and effort because you have to be comforting. You have to acknowledge their feelings. You have to make a connection with them. You have to show compassion and you have to validate them. Toxic positivity is easier. It's as simple as that. It's a lot easier just to say, think positive.
0: Have you tried not being sad?
1: Yeah. Oh my God. How many of us have heard something like that? Like- hell I had somebody I had a doctor say that to me about a physical illness have you tried not having that whoa whoa and people like to judge like you we wouldn't say to somebody have you tried not having a broken arm I'm like um as a woman I can actually tell you I've had to bring Austin to a doctor's appointment for him to convince the doctor that my arm wasn't broken it was sprained but because yeah. he was like have you like tried not being a big baby about it basically because he didn't believe me when I was saying my pain levels were seven to ten because I don't cry he was like, I'm like, that's a seven. That's a 10. That's a six. Like, but he's like, he didn't believe me because I wasn't like crying out. So I brought Austin and all Austin had to do was say, I kid you not, guys. I brought Austin and Austin said, no, she really is hurt. And the doctor's like, well, you know, she's not crying out. And he goes, no, I have to do a lot of the chores now. And I, I got into an MRI like the next day. I He fully went toxic masculinity. And I,
0: cause I told him listen, to. I, I understand. Toxic masculinity is a problem. But it's also a solution if you're dealing with the patriarchy.
1: Yeah, I've, I've used helpless girlerism for my own purposes as well. I guess damsel in distress. We've all used it. Just try to use it for good. Yeah. Um, and so, as Kader said, just tell them you hear them, if nothing else. Acknowledge that things might suck. Even if you can't help, just let them see that you're there. Show them empathy. He said that empathy saved his life because his mother found that note. And instead of saying, you're being stupid with this note, she spent months pestering him with questions. And he got so annoyed that he completely shut her out. They lived in the same house, but he wouldn't talk to her. He wouldn't talk to her. And she kept asking questions. And and he goes, eventually, he's like, eventually, I realized she saved my life because she didn't try to shut down that I was feeling bad. She was trying to reach why I was feeling bad and getting me to open up for it. So toxic positivity can cause a shitload of mental illnesses. And all it can take is one Dose of toxic positivity for that to happen. Like, honest to God, I remember every second of that attitude is everything t shirt experience. That was one moment. But I also remember the day in seventh grade when I got back after my dad died. And I was, you know, all this fake toxic positivity happening around me. And I wanted nothing to do with it. I just wanted to go back to normal. I wanted to have people not, you know, saying they felt bad for me and people not doing the big cheery smiles because they were all bullying assholes. And I sat down next to my friend Andrew at lunch and he looks at me and he said, First of all, I said, I'm sorry about your dad. I'm like, thank you. And he goes, I don't know what you want me to do. How do you want me to act? And I said, I don't, I don't know. And he goes, all right, do you want to talk about it? Or do you want me to pretend like everything's normal? And I said, let's, can we please pretend everything's normal? He didn't try to make me feel things I wasn't feeling. And I knew that if I changed my mind and wanted to talk about it, he would have let me. And that's how we should all treat each other is if you, if you don't know how to act, just ask. And otherwise, just acknowledge that people sometimes feel like shit and it's okay.
0: I'm not so good at the emotions, but I can offer you bad jokes.
1: Yeah, Austin, honest to God, during my divorce, I will say people were really good about listening. Um, I didn't get a whole lot of that toxic positivity bullshit. Um, Even from, you know, the types who do, do the girly pop stuff, they actually were like, no, this really fucking sucks. But Austin... There were whole times where, like, he would let me talk about it for four hours straight, or we would talk about completely unrelated shit, or sometimes he would just talk to my cat.
0: <laughs> I mean, listen, I need to talk to someone on my level. You are, like, several stories ahead of, above me. I'm like cat.
1: Um, Isabel was above me. All right, so are you ready for some questions?
0: Ready for questions.
1: Will this be on the test? You can feel both good and bad things at the same time.
0: Yes, that will be on the test.
1: Toxic positivity is well-intentioned, but can make things worse. Yes. Engaging in toxic positivity is linked to all sorts of mental health issues, including suicidal thoughts. Oh,
0: that's a tough one because, yes, that's good to know. But at the same time, we can't acknowledge those thoughts in the classroom setting.
1: And you don't have to know the answers, but you should listen to the questions.
0: Again, yeah, you sh- it should be on it, but it probably won't because you need to have answers to FID.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. And I, you know, that was three pages shorter than usual yeah and that's with bulleted lists but you contributed a lot this time man you had stuff to say
0: Uh uh-huh well because you you uh before this started she looked me dead in the eye and said you better contribute this time or i swear to god there will be consequences and she made a hand gesture
1: i smiled at him and i said if you're not thinking positively i'll know
0: she also threatened to take away my pizza party
1: my god. Yeah, that's another example of toxic positivity. We appreciate you so much. Here's some pizza. It's like I would much rather have the $1 that you spent on my pizza. Like, oh my god, I worked at a restaurant, a uh yeah, fast food Chinese place. You know the one? For the holidays one year, they gave all of their employees a ham. What the fuck is a college student supposed to do with a ham? I'd rather have the put 20 go- bucks put you spent on...
0: eyes on it and leave it in an elevator.
1: Legitimately had a ham party. I threw a party <laughs> with my friends who all brought sides to go with ham. It was awesome, but I was like, this is the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> yeah, no, even things like the last two years have just been toxic positivity. Like, think about all of the we heroes work here.
0: Oh, God.
1: Um, Yeah, it's good that we're finally acknowledging that healthcare workers and teachers and librarians are all fucking heroes. But what are we doing beyond putting a sign up and maybe sending them some cookies once in a while? Which, honestly, though, they'll never be mad if a random, like, member of the public has cookies delivered to them.
0: Oh, no, it's like, yeah.
1: Like, that's different from, like, when somebody internally, although we also don't get disappointed by those cookies. But, like, if a random patron is like, hey, I ordered a bunch of cookies from Insomnia Cookies... For you guys. Or I got you a, a box of Buntlets from but Nothing But Cakes to had, show your appreciation. Like, that is different. That is had, not. That no. is just positivity. Back
0: before it closed down, we had a woman who worked at Perkins. Uh, and she would come in and bring us, like, all slices of leftover pie. Just, like, bags of them. Because she loved us and thought we were wonderful and not appreciated. So she'd bring us pie.
1: Yeah, it's like things like that. That is not toxic positivity. That is just that is spreading joy. That is actual positivity. So yeah, I guess
0: um, if you want to really show healthcare workers or teachers, librarians that you appreciate them, don't lean out of your window and bang some pots together. Get them a fucking pie.
1: Yeah, um, some of them are trying to sleep while you're doing that, guys. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, bring them up high. Bring uh, send them some food gift cards. Uh, advocate for them to get paid better and have better hours. Things like that. Yeah. <laughs> um so where
0: can people find us? Why well, they can find us on Twitter at @onthetestpod, on Instagram at Test pod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash on the test pod, and our website onthetestpod.com and maybe eventually TikTok if we get around to it. We do need to get on that because I do I love TikTok. I don't like There's no way either of us can comprise a thought in 60 seconds.
1: Hey, your friend that I met a couple weeks ago, uh, who has the same name as me, thought that I could be a TikTok content creator, so... Yeah. I think she's right.
0: That's right. I have friends. I definitely have friends.
1: Friends, friends, friendly friends. He's got all the friends. Cool. (laughs) Oh, look at that.
0: That is a bruise. This is great audio content.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was babysitting a dog the other day, and I ran into a door, and (laughs) oh my god, on our honeymoon, I ran into a door. Oh no. And it looked like a thumbprint bruise in my shoulder. Uh, We were at a beach. And we were at a beach, and everybody would look at my shoulder, which looked like it had a thumbprint bruise on it. And then they would glare at Austin. And the thing is, I couldn't even, if somebody had asked I had my arm, I could have, I would have had to lie because the truth is the standard I've been hit lie because I really did run into a door and now I've got another bruise from running into a door. Um. So we're here every Tuesday. You can find, we can be found on where you're listening at this moment. We are on all the podcast providers. Please tell your friends to listen. We've got such a cool theme song now that I really hope Austin's putting on every episode because I, um... I don't listen.
0: It's okay. I don't listen either. I just have it set up to download so I know I actually set things up right and it worked.
1: It's that whole listening to your own voice thing. It just really bothers you. I mean, I'm better about listening to it now, but it also is I just finished researching this, but I might go back and listen to some old episodes because I really love our first episode. If you're just joining us now, to this day, I think our, our first episode is my favorite despite the horrible opening sound and probably the far, far less... Adequate sound quality in there.
0: Yeah, we've been like we we were actually pretty good from from the beginning with sound quality. We've stayed about the same.
1: Um, but we that was Clara Looper and Plenty the Elder, and I still think that's my favorite episode. I love the topics we did on that one. Yeah. Um, so it is today is December twelfth. We are coming up upon, upon the uh, we just Hanukkah just ended, and that means Christmas is coming up. Sorry, I don't know when Kwanzaa is in here, but. Be safe out there. Remember, we've got uh, variants ground and the the cold season is really, really, really bad this year because we all lost our immune systems over the last year. So if you feel like you've got the sniffles, stay home. Yeah. Because people are getting colds worse than usual and hospitals don't need that. If you have not gotten your flu vaccine yet, go get it. Yep. Um, if you have not gotten, remember, like I think, everyone over the age of eighteen can go get their third booster now. So I think it's
0: it it, I think it might it's vary still, by state. It varies by state and county still.
1: But the thing is, nobody's what nobody's checking.
0: No, nobody's checking. Nobody's checking.
1: <laughs> so, um, we're not telling you to break the law. But on that oh. note, <laughs> class, dismissed. <laughs> class
0: dismissed. Crime is cool. <laughs>